This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're gearing up for baby in episode number 92. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, it's Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am thrilled to be back again this week. Hopefully we're on a roll now and we're going to have a podcast every week. I'm really excited to be recording for you and getting things ready for you. We talked about last week, the we talked about diapering and some of the basic baby year and clothing for baby, and I wanted to continue that discussion this week with some other things feeding and safety and nursery equipment and that sort of thing that we think about for baby. So let's jump into that now. When we think about feeding baby, there is usually a super long list of supplies that you need. And there are a couple of different ways that you could go on this, that you could prepare for this. If you're sure that you're going to be formula feeding your baby, you're going to need all of the bottles and everything that they recommend. I assume. I'm actually not 100% certain because I've never bottle fed a baby, so I don't really know what's needed and what is extraneous or not. If you're going to breastfeed your baby, what you get depends. If you are pretty sure that you'll be with your baby all the time, I really don't think you need any bottle feeding equipment. If you know that you'll be returning to work or if it's important to you that somebody else be able to feed the baby, then you may want some supplies. So let's look over some of the supplies and I'll tell you my thoughts on them. First, a nursing or feeding pillow is often recommended. I do think that's a really good idea to have. I've always used the Boppy brand myself. Um, but I've also heard good things about the My Breast Friend brand, especially if you're expecting twins or higher order multiples. That brand is supposed to be really good. Um, but the Boppy has worked well for me. I found that my Boppies get kind of defluffed after a while. Um, and usually putting them through a wash and dry cycle invigorates them. But I, I've, I've liked to buy a new boppy every baby or two just because they get defluffed. I don't know if one of the rigid, more rigid foam ones might work better. One thing that I do want to say about nursing pillows is I really, really, really encourage you to look into breastfeeding correctly. And I, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek um, because... I mean, I don't want you to feel intimidated like you can't breastfeed correctly or whatever. But the thing is, is, is even what we've been taught by like lactation consultants and such um, has been, it's, they're teaching from a bottle feeding perspective because basically bottle feeding, formula feeding became so pervasive that how to breastfeed, quote unquote, was lost. And then when we reclaimed the womanly art of breastfeeding, it was coming from a bottle feeding standpoint. So even many of the common breastfeeding positions are really more like bottle feeding positions, just slightly tweaked. And they work. I nursed up quite a few babies before I really ever learned anything about uh, laid back breastfeeding or biological nursing or anything. But if you're interested in more on that, I really do feel like it can make a huge difference for moms and babies in the early days to understand the difference between breastfeeding and bottle feeding, to understand the difference um, that, that human babies are meant to be tummy feeders 
and what exactly that means. Uh, just getting that understanding can really enhance the early days with your baby. I did a class on this called Breastfeeding Made Simple, and you can actually get to that class by going to birthbabylife.com slash breastfeeding birthbabylife.com slash breastfeeding. And I would encourage you to check that out. It's even including some videos and things that I think you'll find really helpful. But I do think I do think a nursing pillow is really helpful and a good idea. But you might find that uh, that you have some misconceptions about breastfeeding positions that, that learning more about laid back breastfeeding or biological nurturing can really help you with. Okay, let's move on. So a breastfeeding wrap or cover. I've never used one. Never used one. I've been asked to review them even and, and really have never even taken up one of those reviews even though it means free products because I just, I don't really see the need for one. I have occasionally nursed in my sling and used the tail of my sling to cover the baby or used a blanket, but generally that was because I felt that the baby was overstimulated more than anything else. I will put a, a blanket like over my baby's body and kind of pull it up close to their chin, which provides a little bit of coverage, but I have never put a wrap or anything over my baby to hide what my baby's doing. I am a super modest person, like modest to the point of painfully embarrassed shy, but I firmly believe that we need to be breastfeeding our babies in public without covering them up because I think that's the only way we're going to normalize this totally normal and natural behavior. We can talk about that further on another podcast if you like, and I've ranted about it several times on the blog. Anyways, okay, other breastfeeding supplies like lanolin, hot cold packs, breast pads. I think if you think they'll be useful, I've never really had cracked nipples, so I've never needed to use lanolin, though I do sometimes use it on um, chapped cheeks when my kids have a bad cold because we have some and we use it to lanolize diaper covers. So I think it's not a bad thing to have around. I have used breast pads occasionally. I probably ought to have used them more and they would have saved me some wet shirts. Um, I don't really, I don't generally wear bras. I wear like a camisole and, but they can fit in a camisole that's got a support shelf. So if that's really important to you have it, usually uh, I've stuck like a few packs of sample ones that we got into the diaper bag in case I was out and about because early on I do tend to have a lot of leaking from the side that the baby's not nursing on and that can be useful when out and about when you don't want wet spots on your shirt. But around the house I've just kind of always dealt with it so I think that one's one get if you want it. Hot and cold gel packs would be if you know for engorgement and things and that could be helpful for temporary relief. A breast pump, and of course this one says of pumping. I actually think that all nursing moms should have a breast pump. At least have a little handheld pump. They don't cost very much, or if you're getting wick, or, or depending on your region, you may be able to get a free one um, from a maternal health program. I think that they're good to have in case of engorgement, or in case something's going on with baby. Baby isn't nursing well, and you're getting really, really uncomfortable, or maybe baby's been sleeping for a while. I've had a, I've had two, you know, a few nights, a handful of nights where Sadie has slept well through the night, and then I'll wake up and be really in pain because she didn't nurse as much as usual, or she'll nurse only on one side. We won't swap sides in the night, and then I wake up kind of in pain. So I think that having a pump for those instances is a really good idea. I've never actually pumped really to supplement um, or to be able to give a bottle, but I have definitely found a pump useful to have, especially in those early days. I've had a couple babies who just, you know, they weren't really good at clearing things, and my body seems to think that it 
that I've had twins or triplets every time and it needs to make ridiculous amounts of milk, which I know is rough to hear for some of you moms who struggle to make milk, but there's lots of moms who make lots. And if you're struggling to make milk, you might find that adding a pumping here and there, especially if you've got a sleepy baby, can help. So I think that having a pump is a good idea. Now, if you're gonna, if you're going to be nursing your baby most of the time, not going to work or school and needing to pump there, I think a little handheld pump is adequate. If you're going to be going to work, please look into like a hospital grade double electric pump or if you're going to school, look for something that's really going to help you pump for baby and pump well. And if that's the case, you're also going to want pumping supplies like storage bags, a cooler, ice packs, things to keep the milk well preserved. Burp cloths, I think burp cloths are invaluable. I actually use prefold diapers and find those to be the very best. Um, I like the I like the larger size, like not the newborn size, but the one size up. They don't fit in the diaper bag quite as well, but they provide more complete coverage over the shoulder. And I also like to put them under my baby and I at night in the bed, like under our heads or under the baby's head and under my chest. Because then at, at night if the baby is nursing and the other side starts leaking, it gets absorbed by the diaper instead of going into my sheets. Which is always nice. Um, and then, okay, so here we come on the, I'm looking at a registry list here just to see what the standard registry list looks like. And I'm seeing bottles, bottle brushes, formula, bottle drying rack, dishwasher basket for bottle parts, and bottle warmer. And again, if you're bottle feeding, you probably do need all those things. Um, we have a bottle for my pump. And, and we have one other bottle that we got free and the nipple that goes with it, but that nipple has actually been resized to be too big for baby humans because we used it for a, a baby goat kid last year that was a little bit slow in getting started for just a meal or two to give her the strength to figure out how to nurse from her mom who was not being terribly helpful for her. So um, so that's the only fully assembled bottle that we have. But if you need to use bottles, you know, there's lots of choices. One of the things that you should decide, you know, is between plastic, BPA-free, or do you feel better with glass? There are a lot of glass options on the market again now because of consumer demand. So if you feel better with glass, then then those are there. And then, of course, I think bottle brushes are handy to have just because they're handy to have in the kitchen. So we have a couple of bottle brushes that are not, I don't think they're necessarily baby bottle brushes, but I think that those are good to have. They're good to have if you use sippy cups or anything too. Uh, formula, obviously you're gonna want that if you're formula feeding or if you're gonna make homemade formula because you, ha you can't breastfeed for whatever reason or you're adopting your baby, then you can look up, uh, I recommend the Weston A prices Weston A. Price Foundation's homemade formula recipe. I actually have a handout on it if you really need it. Um, I can link to that in the show notes. But I would recommend, you know, getting their supplies or, or as soon as you think that you may need them, getting their supplies sent. I'm really not a fan of having formula just in case, uh, ladies. I just am not. I never have. Um, to me, breastfeeding was never an option. It was going to work. And I understand that sometimes there are extenuating circum circumstances where a mom really is, you know, it's going to work. And then for whatever reason, it doesn't. But if it doesn't, you're probably within only a few minutes of a grocery store that stocks baby formula. And really only within a couple of days of researching and getting the supplies shipped that you need to make your own formula and finding a, a source of clean raw milk. So... 
if you need those resources, they're there. Your baby's not going to starve. But I think um, I think that sometimes maybe having all those supplies in the house when you aren't really going to need them or intend to use them can be a recipe for failure, especially if breastfeeding is challenging. And my hope is if you go through something like my breastfeeding class and you understand the breastfeeding positions and everything, I think that'll make breastfeeding a lot more intuitive and a lot easier for you, really and truly. But... Um, but sometimes it is hard. It is tough. There are things going on and stress gets in the way. And sometimes I think there's a lot of self-doubt. And that gets in the way more than anything um, anything that literally would be quote-unquote wrong with you or baby. I think it's more mental. And I don't say that to dismiss it. It's more a testimony of, uh, of that we still need to, to give more support to moms and babies. But anyways, I really think, you know, my class, again, is birthbabylife.com slash breastfeeding. It really has a lot of good information in it, and I think that will really help you. So I do not recommend having backup formula in the house. I just don't recommend it unless you absolutely know that you'll need it. Like um, if you had breast reduction sur- surgery and know you won't be able to produce the full amount or something like that. But otherwise, I just would not even have it in the house. And I wouldn't have all the bottles and supplies in the house. Again, somebody can run out to Walmart and get those. And if Walmart doesn't have glass ones and you feel strongly about glass ones, we'll use the plastic one from Walmart for a day or two and and order glass ones from Amazon and they'll get there in two days because I'm sure that Amazon has them. So again, um, you know... I don't think you need to have them in the house just in case. If they're really needed, somebody can go get them. Uh, And then a drying rack, dishwasher for parts, bottle warmer, those things. Again, if you're bottle feeding, you may want those. If you're not, I don't think they're necessary at all. Okay, let's move on. Um, So we talked a little bit about some equipment last week, like bouncy seats and things. Um, Let's talk about like soothers, like pacifiers, are a pretty good follow-up for baby bottles. Some... I really think that the AP world, the attachment parenting world, the natural parenting world is is pretty cleanly divided on pacifiers. Um, I don't usually give them to my babies in the newborn stage. I have tried pacifiers off and on with my babies just to help me facilitate them sleeping in the early days. Most of my babies have rejected them. Uh, two of my babies have taken them in the in the early weeks and then begun to reject them so that was asher and actually sadie and i really had to work with sadie to get her to take the passy because i just i needed her to um with sadie the brand name that i finally found that worked and i actually i had like a ton of different pacifiers because i went to baby's rs while i was pregnant with her and signed up for the baby registry just for fun just because you know, I wanted to be pampered for the day. I didn't even tell them that she was my seventh baby. I just nodded and smiled when they asked me about my baby and my pregnancy. But, you know, they give you this little goodie bag that's got like 15 different pacifiers in it. Not really, but six or seven, you know, seriously a lot. Um, And the only one that I could get to stay in Sadie's mouth was the Ma'am Start pacifier. And it was cute too. So that's the one we used, really, really lightweight. And then um, they have like a they have like a stage one and stage two of that one. And she did move up to the stage one, but she started rejecting it before she ever went to the stage two. As far as pacifiers go, I think if you want your baby to try a pacifier, it's good to wait after the first week or two when you've got breastfeeding established. Um, But then I think it's okay if you want to use a pacifier. I really do think it's okay as long as you're still nursing on demand. 
And I personally feel that it's pretty easy to balance that. You know, if you're trying to get baby to take a nap and you know you've nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed and nursed, I think the pacifier is okay. You do kind of have to work to train a baby to take a pacifier sometimes. But, uh, and Dr. Harvey Karp talks about that, that in um, his Happiest Baby on the Block. And I actually recommend if you're interested in it. I love Dr. Karp's methods. Uh, but I think if you want to look into that, get the DVD. Don't bother with the book. The DVD is better. Um, and just easier. It's easier to see it. And the book has a lot of sections that are just kind of, eh, don't really need all of his theories behind it. It just works. So anyways, um, but the man passies are what we used. I would say if you can, have like samples of a few different passies and see what your baby takes because your baby might be different than my baby. Uh, Asher used Gerber nuke passies because that's what I had. Uh, with Sadie, we had we tried the nukes and they didn't work. So again, it might be a baby thing. Uh, it might be that that pacifier is just really good, but I think it's probably you know probably a baby thing. So again, I do think that passies are okay uh, if you want to use them for your baby, but I definitely don't think they're a must. I've raised most of my babies passy free, and even my passy baby still nursed tons. So mom is just, mom is the source of the comfort and the nutrition and everything. And that's fine. I just think, I think passies help facilitate nap times uh, some. And that can be a sanity saver for some moms. And if that's true for you, feel free to use them. All right, let's look at safety issues. So for baby safety, I don't think any of this is necessary at first. But if you're registering you may want to put it on your registry. So I think a baby gate is a good idea if you're going to have any area that you want to keep the baby out of or an area you want to keep the baby in. So we have our family room den area that it's actually connected to our kitchen. It's kind of like a big, basically open area, just the bar in between. Nice open floor plan, which is what we wanted. And then a hallway goes out to the dining room and the bedrooms. And we do put a baby gate up in that hallway you could teach the baby not to go down there, but sometimes sometimes life is hectic and there's just not time for that level of teaching. And it's just your peace of mind to have the gate. So I think if you can think of a doorway or an area that you want to keep the baby, like you want to keep the baby in the room with you, a gate can be very helpful. Outlet covers for electrical outlets are a good idea. We have drawer latches on some of our drawers, like the a drawer that we have uh, knives in that an older toddler could reach into. We have latches on there but we really haven't put latches on a lot of drawers I did when I was little I had a friend come over at, I was a single mom at that time so I had a guy friend come over I could have done it I'm sure but he asked if he could help with anything so he came over and put latches on the dresser drawers for my who my big kids who were little then because they kept getting up in the night and like raiding their drawers and throwing clothing everywhere and it was driving me nuts because I didn't want to get up in the middle of the night and that stopped that in its tracks so it was worth it so I could see where you know cupboard and drawer latches and things like that again were there sanity savers use them toilet seat locks we have never used you might use one we have never used one I, I'm not even going to speculate on the pros and cons because, again, we haven't used one and maybe that seems horribly neglectful, but we've also never had a kid fall in the toilet and we're on kid number seven now. So, um, But that actually reminds me that I didn't talk about EC supplies last week, which I should have. Um, and so for EC supplies, 
I think that having a little potty is good and one of those toddler toilet seat reducers is a really good idea. You don't really need either of these at the get-go with your newborn, but once your baby is bigger, you can use them. You can use those little toddler toilet seat reducers even, I mean, even with a pretty young baby. So you may want to get those. And then I like having just, you know, like a, a, a soft mixing bowl, you know, like a plastic mixing bowl, not a metal one because that would be kind of cold on their bum. But um, a plastic mixing bowl or a similar container that's that is allocated just for a potty place to hold the baby in your in your arms. I think that that's a good idea. Um, and then for ECing, I talked about clothes last week in relation to ECing, so I think I covered that pretty well. But those are just a few supplies uh, to have in the bathroom. And I also think that um, I got I got this glass bottle. It's actually from the Grove Collaborative which is, um, they used to be called ePantry, and they, they send, like, um, home cleaning products, natural cleaning products, and everything, like, in a monthly box, but you can take everything out of your cart if you don't need anything that month, but I found their prices are really good, and they have natural products, and they, they have, like, a glass bottle, a glass spray bottle, and you can get 7th Generation or another brand of cleaner concentrate. But the bottle is really pretty. It's just this clear glass, and it's got their logo on it, which is kind of like a pretty tree. And I don't have one of those in the kids' bathroom or anything because it's a glass bottle. You know, they're going to break it. But in my bathroom, it's pretty enough, and it's got a sprayer on the top. The sprayer is normal plastic, but the bottle is pretty enough that I just leave it on the on the counter. And I think having something like that or even one of those colored plastic ones that you think is pretty is nice because then you can keep that out and close at hand because if you're taking baby a young baby potty in the sink, I mean, I still hold Sadie over the sink a lot just because it's easier on my back. Um, if you're holding them over the sink or over the potty and there's a spill or a miss or anything, you just have that bottle right at hand and you can spray it down and wipe it down. I actually spray it down, wipe with a little bit of toilet paper, then flush the toilet paper is what I usually do. So those are some EC supplies. Waterproof mats are another good thing to have for EC um, or for baby. You can make your own or you can buy them. So those are a good idea. Okay, let's go back to baby equipment. Baby monitors. I do think that having a baby monitor can be helpful sometimes, especially when you're trying to get a newborn and working on um, developing their skills to nap by themselves. And they're taking, you've got them to where they're taking that longer afternoon nap. If you want to go out front or be away from them, it can give you peace of mind to have the baby monitor on. We use it sometimes with a younger baby. We don't really use it with Sadie anymore. In fact, we're probably about to put it in our barn because our goats are going to be kidding here in a week or two. And that'll let us hear if uh, if somebody goes into labor. But, you know, otherwise, I think a baby monitor is a good idea. You don't need a super expensive one, but I would read reviews on them because crummy ones are crummy. You get what you pay for with baby monitors. We have an angel care. I think it's an angel care monitor. Um, one of the lower end ones, not one of the super fancy ones with like the motion sensors and everything. Which, I know there's a lot of motion sensing equipment out and there's that. That little booty, I think it's called the owl monitor or something. Um, and those all have like an app to monitor your baby. And if that really gives you peace of mind, I think that it's okay to get that. But I also think that some of that is taking like helicopter parenting to the extreme. And I, I also think that that oftentimes a nursing baby who's being worn all the time and in arms much of the time is just not really put down all that much. <laughs> 
to need a monitor like that. If it does give you peace of mind, sure, go ahead for it. And I guess, you know, if one of those companies were to contact me when I had a young baby and ask me to do a product review, I probably would, but it's not something that I would buy. All right, let's talk about feeding older kiddos. And we'll kind of try and scoot through the rest of this here because I know we're getting close to a half an hour. All right, high chairs, bowls, spoons, sippies, bibs, splash mats, baby make, baby food making equipment. So I think a high chair is very helpful. I've, I've tried to do the no high chair thing, and I do think a high chair is a worthwhile investment. Get one that fits the baby well. Some high chairs seem to like swallow the baby. So I would actually go to a store and look at them or look online if you're looking at Amazon or something. Look online and... Um, and see if there's pictures of like real babies in the high chair because you don't want one that swallows the baby. The the chair that we use is a, is a badger basket high chair, and we have we have purchased one for Galen, for Honor, for Corwin, and for Sadie because the tray can be taken off when they're when they've gotten big enough that they don't need the tray, but the seat's adjustable, so it makes a great seat at the table. And that's actually the chairs that they still use at the table. So that's been a good investment for us and a good high chair. Bowls, baby spoons. I do like baby spoons. Again, some people are like, we don't need baby spoons, but I do like baby spoons. I think they make it helpful to feed the baby early on. Sippy cups, I kind of have mixed feelings about. I think they help the baby to drink. I don't think babies need extra drinks for a long time you know, like eight or nine or ten months or so. So this isn't something you really need to think about with a newborn. Um, but I think that sippy cups can be helpful because, you know, they are in theory spill-proof. But I've had kids like Sadie was totally confused by sippy cups but understood drinking from our sports bottles with a straw. So we ended up finding her a straw sippy cup. But what tends to happen to our sippy cups is the spouts get, like, chewed to death. And then they're a mess and they're useless and you have to buy more of them. And, and and the same is happening with her little straw sippies. So I think be prepared to have to buy replacement sippies and for each kid or maybe a couple times per kid. And I would also give them the opportunity to train with a little cup. If you look at, at like Montessori nursery schools and things, those children learn to use a little cup from like eight or nine months as soon as they're ready to take sips of drinks. So I think that can totally be done too. Bibs, definitely like bibs. Um, I just did a review recently uh, on the, I think it was a zippity zip spill proof, or the Zizu babies, Zizu babies, zippity zip is Sadie's swaddle blanket. Okay, Zizu babies bib. I just did a review, so I'll link to the review. That has been the best bib. I wish it were a little bit longer, but otherwise it's like the perfect bib after many, many years and many babies of being disappointed by how much protection bibs actually afford. It is a good bib, so that's good. We've never used a splash mat under the high chair, but I think that's a good idea if that helps keep you stress-free and helps you clean up good equipment for making your own baby food we use a little tiny food processor like a three cup food processor i think it's a cuisinart that we have any any three cup one would probably work well and just you know blend up baby's food from what you're making that evening for supper just set it aside before you season it heavily or before you mix everything into a casserole or whatever and you're good to go. We've got baby food cups and, and things that I've acquired over the years 
for reviews or just buying here and there. But really, I think the ice cube trays work pretty well too. And once, if you want to do batches and if you're just doing everything fresh, which is what I tend to do, right when you make your own food, you don't really even need that. You just, you know, put it on the tray or in the bowl and you're good to go. So that doesn't have to be complicated. For sleeping, you know, you can get a sleep sack. We do swaddle, so I like swaddle blankets, and my favorite is a miracle blanket. I've said that before. With Sadie, I got kind of a new invention I've never used before, and that's what I just mentioned was the zippity zip. We call it her zippy, and it's like a swaddle transition blanket. It's kind of like half of a sleep sack, and then its little arms are closed at the ends so that the baby's you know, the baby's still kind of stuck in more of a wombish environment. And it's it really helped us because Sadie was getting too big for her miracle blankets. But, um, you know, but she was scratching me and she just seemed to be not doing really well. And sometimes I can still see, I mean, she's 14 months old now, really. Yeah, she's 14 months old today, actually. And... Uh, I can still, there are still some nights where I wish she was swaddled because even with the little swaddle transition blanket, she's still flailing around and I think really keeping herself from settling. But for the most part, that transition blanket has been such a godsend for me at night because it keeps her from pinching and it keeps her a little bit, a little bit enclosed uh, in that more swaddle-like. She can pretty much fully extend, but there's just like that little short at the end. So her little arms are comfortable beside her and that's been really nice but that was a splurge so if you you know and the miracle blanket is a splurge um the summer infant swaddle blanket has, is also pretty good and that one is less expensive so that one might be one that you would consider too or if you're totally and, and another thing i really like the aiden and anias um, muslin blankets those i use more just for covering the baby because they're so soft and so wonderful my mom got us four of them when corwin was a baby and i've used those so many times they're just they're the best blankets uh, and they can definitely serve as a swaddle blanket and a snap too because they're that big muslin blanket and they're nice for swaddling in the summertime because they're cooler so those things are nice i think that they're you know, they're, they're luxuries, they're more splurges, but if I were going to pick what I was going to splurge on, I would pick, um, you know, I would pick a good swaddle blanket or a couple good swaddle blankets over a lot of other things, <laughs> like the baby monitor and the toilet seat locks and all that stuff, just because these are things that can help maintain your day-to-day -day sanity. So, let's see. Um, if you need crib bedding, then crib bedding is good. A crib is definitely an arguable one. We have had seven babies. Sadie is now 14 months old, and we have never had a crib. We have never owned a crib. None of my babies have ever slept in a crib. We do have a pack and play, so some of them have slept in a pack and play, but not like on a regular, that's their bed basis. We also have a couple of cots, which I really like for toddlers and preschoolers. Um, just little cots that little toddler sized cots that are useful for nap time and we also have a, a baby hammock we have an ambi baby bed and that's been useful that's what Sadie still naps in and that's what she goes into for um, for beginning her night she usually comes to bed with me um, at some point during the night either I get her or Scott gets up and puts her beside me if I'm not getting up uh, but 
but we haven't had a crib. Generally, they've gone. Now, Corwin went from our bed, or went from the ambi, because we wanted to get him out of the ambi, because he was getting huge, um, to a toddler bed in our room, or not to, well, to a cot in our room for, for a little while, a few weeks, and then we transitioned him to a toddler bed in the girls' room, actually, and just recently, Corwin's three, just recently we transitioned him out of that and into the big boy bunk bed in the boys' room. Um, so the toddler bed's open for when we decide that we're ready for Sadie to move out, but we're not yet. So again, I, we have had like kind of different sleeping situations for our babies, but really they've all been co-sleepers. So to us, a crib hasn't been important. I've, I think if you want a crib or you want a bassinet or something, that's important. If I knew that I were going to have twins or if I had a baby that really seemed to need their space, I would probably buy a crib and have Scott sidecar it to our bed. Uh, because I think that that's a good idea to extend the bed and to give baby kind of their own space but still maintain that co-sleeping atmosphere. Either that or I would have it like right right near the bed. But I would probably want it sidecarred. So those are those are some things to think about. Other nursery equipment, a changing table if you need it. I have never had a changing table either. Right now we do have a changing station because our bathroom has a long counter. So it only has one sink and then a long counter. And we can fit a changing mat on top of that easily. And so the changing mat is there. And I like that and I like the little cover for it too. It matches our bathroom decor rather than any, you know, anything that needs to coordinate with baby. But that looks nice. So I think that if, you know, if you want one one like that or if you want a changing station, I do think that having a changing station makes things nice and easy. You could also have one of those portable baskets, portable changing stations, especially in the early days if you don't want to be tromping to the bathroom or to the nursery every time you need to change baby especially if you've got multiples or something like that or you're trying to heal from a rough birth, that could be good. But for me, my preference in this house at least has been to have just to take the baby into the bathroom for changes and things. At our other house, which was on two different levels, I found it easier to have kind of like a little mobile changing station. Sometimes those little mobile baskets are really nice for disposables but don't work so well with cloth. So you might find like a larger basket that's not necessarily made for that to organize stuff for um, for a baby who's diapered in cloth. But the, those can be nice to have. And then a glider or a rocker can definitely be fun to have. A mobile can be nice facilitator of tummy time if you want to have that, but I don't think that it's necessary. And then just... A few like baby health things. I think having a good basic first aid kit is a good idea throughout all of your baby's years. I have never used baby or children's Tylenol. Some families like to keep those just in case. I kept them just in case for a long time, but I never ended up using them. And at this point, I figure if my baby's really got a fever that I'm really concerned about and I call the doctor and she says give them Tylenol or something that somebody can run to the grocery store and get that. Um, I, I do keep a bottle of adult Tylenol in the house, but it's probably expired too, but I've never, I've decided, you know, not to keep baby Tylenol. Now I do keep some tinctures and things, but I, depending on the baby's age would, would help me decide if I felt comfortable giving them to the baby or not. Really the only health supplement that I feel comfortable giving a young baby, um, is probiotics and maybe I might consider oral vitamin K though we've never done that. But an infant probiotic, I like the Seeking Health infant probiotic. 
but otherwise, you know, we just haven't really kept any medications for baby. But a basic first aid kit with band-aids and all that sort of stuff is good to keep. We do have a bulb syringe. I don't want it used on my baby right after birth. But I think that it's good to have in those early days and weeks in case there is a bad cold or you need to help baby clear something. Teething toys. My babies have never really been fond of teething toys. They're the only teething toy that we've ever had that worked really well were chewy tubes, which we got when Galen was in physical therapy for feeding problems or occupational therapy for feeding problems. And all of my babies since then have approved of those. So, um, so you know, that's a good idea if... I think for a teething toy, but otherwise my kids have never really gone, been real big on teething toys. I guess they just prefer to, you know, gnaw on themselves. A thermometer, definitely have a thermometer. I have never used baby nail scissors. I have always used baby nail clippers. I've never felt nervous about clipping my baby's nails. Um, in fact, now I just clip Sadie's nails with the normal clippers, but if you feel nervous, they do have the little safety clippers, but um, and then my, I remember my first midwife telling me she just kind of chewed off their nails while they were nursing because often their little nails are paper thin and it'll be kind of halfway peeled off anyways and you can just peel it the rest of the way. But I do think that something like that is good to have. Um, and then laundry detergent. You can get a special baby-friendly laundry detergent if you want to, especially if what you use is normally really heavily scented or something. But if you're using a natural detergent, that's probably going to be okay. And then I think a baby brush is okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything, because that's the end of the registry list. So, And I know last week I shared with you some things I thought that they had omitted from the list that they should have. Oh, I think a white noise machine can be useful to help facilitate baby sleep and also to help facilitate your sleep if you're a light sleeper um, during pregnancy or something. It just it helps me get better sleep to have the white noise machine going. Um, a baby wearing coat would be a total luxury, but here for us in northern Michigan, it has totally paid off. Been wearing it for four babies now, and it was a wonderful item. Um, Scott's office gave us a monetary gift after Galen was born, and that's what I bought with that, and it has just paid for itself over and over again. Um, a good diaper bag. I think we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, you don't have to use a an official diaper bag. You can use a bag that suits your personality, but that would be a good thing to have. Otherwise, lots of pre-full diapers to be burp cloths. Um, somebody to take good care of you and love you if at all possible. Good meals to nourish you so that you can take care of your baby. The willingness to say, okay, I'm going to sleep when my baby sleeps. Okay, I'm going to take time off. All of those things will really help you. Okay, so I think that's pretty much all for the baby equipment. I've gotten lots of good ideas for podcast topics, so I will definitely check into those um, as I think about what I'm going to record for next week. I've also gotten a few requests for interviews. Um, I haven't said yes to any of those yet just because life has been hectic and it can be hard to schedule interviews in when you're already feeling kind of strung out. But I am going to try and get back to bringing you some interviews some too. Uh, and then, of course, talking about birth and baby and everything going on. We talked about the breastfeeding class some today, and I definitely encourage you to check that out. If you want to check out the breastfeeding class 
um, and get all of the other classes that I do uh, free, you can join the Smart Mama Happy Baby Club. The classes are a free gift that you get just for being part of the membership, and you get a once-a-week call with me where you can ask me all your questions. Um, You get the Mama's Almanac articles. You get two new classes every month, at least two new classes every month that I do live. You get access to those, uh, and then we're going to start rolling out some new things here in the next month or so. We're going to hopefully start getting the menu plans going. That's something I've been looking forward to getting rolling. Um, We're going to have baby development articles, all kinds of neat stuff. Um, and it's just a really nice a really nice way to make sure that you're getting what you need to get for you to feel comfortable and calm and even joyful as you parent your little ones. So check that out at smartmamahappybaby.com. That's smartmama, M-A-M-A, happybaby.com. And uh, take a minute to let me know what you thought about this podcast. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what I can improve on. And uh, I will talk to you next week. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.